Welcome everyone to Dinging Corners, a baseball podcast powered by Slab Socks. You'll notice that we are on video today. Let's I am go. Nate. This is Jimbo. How you doing? How you doing? And uh, we are excited because this is our first YouTube podcast. We've been promising it forever. We finally got around to it. So uh, thank you everyone for being here um, and joining us either on podcast still or on YouTube. If you want to see Jimbo's beautiful face. And my face that only a mother could love. Um, <laughs> but we've got a number of players to talk about today. But first, I'm going to start off with a little rant here real quick. Um, or not a rant, but just an observation. So the Brewers played the Rays and the Astros back-to-back, which is just a terrible draw. Like that's just, that's just tough. And they win one out of three against the Rays. In fact, they... Um, they uh i can share this actually oh i forgot we have that feature now on youtube we can yeah, start yeah, showing yeah. The screens let's go so you can see here the brewers played the rays lost one nothing which is tough boss eight four which is less tough it's give up eight runs and then one six to four so then we go on and play the astros i'm like oh boy you know and we get smacked 12 to 2. Corbin Burns is pitching. He gives up a million home runs. I'm mm-hmm. like, well, playing the Rays and the Astros back to back, that stinks. But then the Brewers go 6 0 4 0 against a vaunted Astros team. Um, so really going 3 3 against the 3 and 3 against the Rays and the Astros back to back. Pretty good despite our injuries. Um, Wade Miley is now out for a long time. Brandon Woodruff is still out for a long time. Corbin Burns hasn't been himself, and yet somehow, some way, the Brewers are still winning. I'm not, I'm not sure what to make of it. And then on the other side of the, uh, on the other side of the equation, you have the Cardinals, right? <laughs> and so the Cardinals have been killing it lately. And it's like, uh, the Brewers are injured and we're starting to perform poorly and the Cardinals are doing really well. This is the end of the line for us because look at this. They sweep the Dodgers. Or, okay, they didn't sweep the Dodgers, but they won three out of four against the Dodgers. Uh, they swept the – or they won two out of three against the Brewers. They won three out of three against the Red Sox. So I was like, uh, they're starting to pick it up. And then what do you know? They play the Reds, and they've now lost two out of three with another game happening after this recording. Um, just goes to show you that you just really don't know about the baseball season. It's it, and uh, there was I forget who it was, but they were saying like I would rather play a team, or I'd rather not play a team that that's hot than a good team because a, a team that is rolling, everything's going well is a more dangerous team, no matter who it is. It could be the Tigers. It could be the White Sox. It could be anyone. It could be the A's. It could be the A's. Like, And sometimes that just happens. Like Sometimes you just get a bad stretch of teams that are just coming in that, that you're playing when, while they're hot. Yep. And it is what it is. But, yeah, the Cardinals, I'm still – I'm still – they're pitching. That's – I think the – they're hitting. We I think yep. we all knew that they were going to be able to hit sooner or later – but they brought up Matthew Liebertor, which helps, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the the pitching all still seems a little weak. Uh, just a real quick, real quick update on the uh, MLB standings here. And uh, you know, my brother lives in the St. Louis area, 
And all those St. Louis fans are like, ooh, the Cardinals winning, yada, yada, yada. And then you've got my brother who's a Brewers fan. And he's like, yeah, and I'm like down and out about the Brewers. And yet here we are, Brewers on top, Cardinals in fourth. Wait, how are the Brewers sneaking all these wins, man? Like if you, if I were to guess, I wouldn't have thought that they are 27 and 22. Not saying that I, I thought they were bad, but that's that's a pretty solid record right there. Con- considering all the injuries, mm-hmm. you know, um, because of – I mean, when you're losing – when you lose – now Adrian Hauser is healthy, so that has helped immensely. But, like, we we have lost a lot of starting pitching innings from our rotation to start the year, which was unexpected. Um, maybe not unexpected, unexpected, because it happens to everyone, but, like, just kind of hoping that Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff stayed healthy, right? And mm-hmm. obviously that hasn't happened. Brandon Woodruff injured. But, yeah, uh, the Brewers have been just sneaking together wins, and that's a testament to Craig Council um, and uh, the ability to play good defense. Like, they're really good at defense. They're really good at getting the best out of all of their pitchers, even if uh, Burns isn't pitching great right now. Okay. But like uh, Jimbo and I were talking about Joel Piamps before the show, and he's the throw in in the William Contreras, Sean Murphy deal where the Brewers gave up. Esther Ruiz got a relief pitcher, Joel Piamps, a a prospect and William Contreras and Piamps has a two, two, two ERA in 24 innings with 29 strikeouts. And like, <clears throat> this was a guy that got, I'm pretty sure, put on waivers twice last year. And mm-hmm. uh, he comes to the Brewers and he's killing. Now, will he keep that up all year? I have no idea. Do I expect mm-hmm. him to keep it up next year? I have no idea. But for right now, he is doing really well. And that's the type of thing that the Brewers have been doing where they just get these random dudes. They give some of their best innings of their MLB career to the Brewers. And that helps you win games by just having a decent bullpen. Mm-hmm. Bullpen is huge, man. That's how the the Tigers have been squeaking out some wins. They they have some good arms that have been doing decent. Yep. Um, yeah. Having yeah. a having a good bullpen helps you win the games you should win. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, like there's games you shouldn't win that you do win, and then there's games that you should win that you lose because your bullpen's terrible. Just having a good bullpen helps you win those games you should. Yep, I agree. The Giants. That's how they got what three world champs or world champ uh, world series in uh, like five years. That's how the Royals got their world series. That's true. Holland and uh, Finnegan and yeah, Finnegan. Uh, um, uh, who was the one that was throwing fastballs like crazy? Uh, mm, miles per hour. Did he pass away? Oh, you're thinking of the start the the starter ben, Ventura. You're oh, that's right. I forgot about yeah. him. Um, no, didn't they have like a dude who was just pumping? pumping yeah, heat. Big, big dude. I can't remember either. Where he went to? Uh, I can't remember. I remember they had Duffy, Grinky. Yeah, I can't. But in the bullpen, but I can't remember. But that's yeah. okay. We'll we'll move on anyways. Yeah. Um, so let's get into the meat of this podcast. There's a lot of players we should talk about. Um, just from a from a major league side, prospect side. Um, we're not going to talk about Luis Robert because I covered him ad nauseum this week and other things, but he has been amazing this uh, this month. Uh, last time I checked, which was two days ago, he was leading the majors in Fangraphs wins above replacement in May with 1.7. Freddie Freeman was 1.5. 
He had 15 extra base hits on the month, including eight home runs. Um, he was tied for fifth in out MLB Savant's outs above average. So, like, he is not for May, but for the entire MLB season. So, he has been incredible. Um, but we're actually going to go to the other side of the uh, of Chicago, and we are going to talk about Christopher Morrell because this dude is doing exactly what people thought of him. Number one, I don't think this can be accurate. 5'11", 145 pounds. No chance that's accurate anymore. <laughs> um, but you'll notice here, Jimbo, that it says, Morrell's Rookie of the Year performance was consistent with his prospect report. With a power over hit, offensive profile, and special defensive versatility, he is an, will be an integral role player. So, yeah, 35 hit tool, but 60 raw power, 60 speed, 50 field. You know, this is the type of player that you dream on where you're like, well, if he can just make consistent enough hard contact, it mm-hmm. won't matter if he strikes out. You know, this was kind of the hope with Keston Hira. Mm-hmm. Well, if he just makes hard contact when he makes contact, the, the profile plays. Um, but if you stop making hard contact for whatever reason, whether it be injury or just going through a slump, and all of a sudden you're still striking out that much, you are you become less valuable, even though obviously – one huge difference between Morel and Hira is Hira can't play defense anywhere, and Morel can't. Yeah. Um, but you'll notice that here is the uh, the outcome of making hard contact and uh, doing damage when you make contact because he's striking out thirty seven percent of the time this year, Jimbo. That's wild. But he also has nine home runs in thirteen games, and not only does he have nine home runs in thirteen games. He doesn't have a single double-digit home run game this year. It's truly been a home run in nine of 13 games. Yeah, I, I saw that. Um, I was actually in, on my Dynasty League. I clicked him. I was like, oh, let's see how he's doing. And I saw his stats. I'm like, holy moly. This dude's hit a home run in every game. Um, but I'm getting the the Javi Baez vibes. <laughs> I mean that that's fair. Uh and and look, nobody expects this to keep up. That would be insane. He would be the best power mm-hmm. hitter in the history of the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um so obviously this is a hot streak and expected to slow down, but that's not to say and, and 37% strikeout rate is alarming, obviously. But if he can get 25 home runs a year, 30 home mm-hmm. runs a year. Um, maybe 30 is a stretch, but 25, we'll say 25 and then assume that he can get past 30, uh, some years, um, while playing good defense, like, and, and, and paying him, you know, a 30th of what, of what Javi Baez gets like, that's valuable. You don't want to pay him Javi Baez money. Nope. But, but for right now, if this is what you're getting, you're getting a bunch of bombs, um and good defense you take yeah. that you put him at the end of your order and you take that exactly Especially now obviously he- right now he is hitting in the 300s but he also has a sky high 435 baby now home runs don't count as bet uh balls in play which has an effect on that because obviously nine of his hits are not in play mm-hmm. um but you know if he starts miss hitting some of those and they just become long flyouts yeah so um and and price wise i've got an interesting one here real quick that we can we can show 
Um, sorry for having to stop presenting screen every time I want to show a different screen. Um, but uh, where is it real quick? Is it going to be this one? Is that Christopher Morrell? No. I believe it's that one. Nope, that's Jeff. That's Jefferson Cuero. Sorry, guys. It doesn't give me. Uh, it doesn't give me who it is on the uh, little, little. On the tamboronis. Uh... Yeah. Nope, that's Drew Gilbert. Gives you a little preview on on what we got next. But Christopher Morrell, I think the biggest thing on that is is the defense, right? The key is the defense. If you are going to have a strikeout a lot like that, um, the defense will keep you in the lineup, in the field, playing every day. Um, and that's the difference with Keston Hira. I feel like with him, it's like you have to hit to remain on the team. Um, but here are the prices. I'm interested to see these. Yeah, so I just – I saw one Independence Day sale that sold for 2:30 May 25th, which is to today as of recording. Um, which I was like, that seems drastically high. Yeah. <laughs> and sure enough, March 24th, 36 bucks on auction, 75 wow. bucks March 15th, 136 bucks March 3rd, February 26th, 64 bucks, February 22nd, 60 bucks. Obviously, this is 2023 Top Series One. So, like, this is one sale. It only takes one person to want to overpay for a card, right? Mm -hmm. So, you can't gain much from this, but what you can gain is that obviously one person out there was willing to overpay to get a nice card of Christopher Christopher Morrell after having this hot streak. And this proves Jimbo's point that it's just worth putting up cards for high bite now best offers if you have them and sitting if you don't want to wait to sell. If you don't feel like putting in an auction, just sit on it, wait, and somebody down the line may, they may not, but they may decide to overpay yep you just never some people just get excited and there's some people that see the stats the the batting average the home runs they get excited but then they don't look at the k like the strikeout rate yep like they don't look at all the in the entire picture because a lot of times like the mlb a lot of people will go on the mlb website and they'll see those stats but they don't the mlb website doesn't break it down like fan graphs so that's why i always say have it priced high um, and you never know when someone might get excited. Yeah, it's true. And uh, sure enough, I mean, two hundred thirty from thirty-six bucks March twenty-fourth to a PSA nine. How much does that cost you to grade nowadays for mm -hmm. two thirty? So, uh, pretty incredible there. Next up that I want to talk about today is Jefferson Cuero. Um, so he has been, so he's twenty years old, right? Twenty years old playing in double-A, catcher, and you can see here, 60 field, uh, 50 hit, 50 power. I 100% thought, just based off of his um, Arizona Fall League defensive stats last year, that he would slot into the top 100 mm -hmm. based just off of that, right? Because it was, it was top-of-the-line defense. Um, everything about his defense is good, but his most impressive one is his pop times. Uh, mm -hmm. just tossing guys out and with the bigger bases and the less pickoffs like that becomes infinitely more important uh moving forward than it was before 
And so I thought he'd be a top 100 prospect, and he wasn't. He wasn't a top 100 fat prospect on Fangraphs. He wasn't a top 100 prospect on LOE Pipeline. And now you see his double-A numbers. As a 20-year-old, in his first taste of double-A, 28 games, 113 plate appearances. He has eight home runs. He has only a, he has a 6% walk rate, which is up from last year, 22% strikeout rate, which is up, but it's not terrible. He's hitting 286 with a 327 on base and a 552 slugging. If you get a guy that makes contact, right, makes decent contact, hits for power, and plays insanely good defense at catcher, how is that not a top 100 prospect? How did it take this long to get him into the top 100 prospect list? I will never understand. Yeah, especially at 20 years old in double A, that is not easy. Even if he was hitting 250 with with eight, is that eight or six home runs? Eight home runs. Eight home runs. Like, I'd be happy even if he was hitting 250 uh, with his defense. So, I don't like, I feel like this kid's been overlooked for a while now. I mean, just look at his WRC plus. That alone is. Yeah. 139 as a 20 year old in his first taste of double A. And it's not like there's anything like, oh, wow, this is like the walk rate's not, or the strikeout rate's not insanely high. The walk rate's not insanely low. The Bay Bip's not insanely high. He's running a 301 Bay Bip. Yeah. You know? So it's not like there's probably any luck to this or anything. He's just, he's just doing really well. Yeah, and he's probably not very fast, so he's probably not beating out any ground balls or anything. Well, so. he has two steals, dude. <laughs> well, but but in case you're wondering, Fangraphs gives him a 30 speed with a 20 future. So, <laughs> but that just makes it more because I feel like in the minors, if you're fast, that's like an extra 100 percent or 100 on your uh, on your average, just because you can beat out anything that's hit. I mean that's why that's why uh, Estuary Ruiz is an A right now, sure because of his dominant year last year, but because he's fast in the minors. Yeah. So, exactly. um, as for Jefferson Quero prices, again, I've got to stop presenting to present, which is pain in the butt, but whatever. I think it's this one. Ew, got it right the first time. Let's go. Um, as for Quero uh, prices, so there was a green. Atomic Auto that sold on auction for 122. Don't be deceived. It's not a sapphire. It's a green atomic. Uh, just some people don't know what they're looking at when they're listing their uh, cards. Classic. And um, and it looks like somebody probably just copied this one when they're selling on eBay. Like, oh, I'll just take that one when it was a wrong titling. But 122 bucks, 125 for this one. 58 dollars for a green atomic back in March. Wow. Uh, a regular green non-atomic back in September, 110 bucks. So that's awful. Um, you can see the price movement there for Quero. Pretty good price movement, uh, to say the least. So we like to see that as a Brewers fan and also just a fan of guys who are really good defensive catchers. I agree. That's an interesting one. Yeah. Um, and he is. He is in the top back half of the top 100. Um, we can actually show it here. MLB Pipeline just updated their uh, top 100 list. And so uh, maybe a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. So you can see, you know, Churio, Holiday, Ellie De La Cruz, Marcella Meyer, so on and so forth um, down the line. 
your boy Gavin Williams, 17th. 17th. My boy Sal Freelick, 22nd. Kevin Parada was a shock, 26th here. I haven't yeah. seen how he's doing, um, but I was not expecting him to be 26th. But if you go all the way down to the bottom, number 100. Jefferson Let's go. I, I do expect him to move up those lists. Your boy Andrew Abbott, 97th. So uh, pretty cool. Matt McClain, shockingly pretty low. Oh, he is doing well in I'm his brief sample size with Cincinnati. 281, 378 on base, 594 slugging, four doubles, two home runs, eight games. Yeah, there's the Cardinals. That. <clears throat> it's that uh, – oh, and here's Edgar Quero. Not brothers, but still fun. Um, it's that uh, Great American Ballpark effect. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't know if they played there or not. Yeah, they must have. They must have. I think I saw. I think I saw them oh, home nice. on the schedule. So yeah, uh, check out that MLB Top 100 prospect list if you want to. Um, pretty good time and uh, carry over from last week's conversation. Obviously, uh, no matter where guys are on that list, they can fail. So, you know, do your due diligence, see why they're failing, and maybe think about selling if you're not confident. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, let's move on to a really fun one, an unfortunate fun one um, for a lot of us because we don't like this team per se, but... Drew Gilbert, the Astros' last first-round pick, 28th overall, I believe. Um, Got to get these ads out of here. <clears throat> so he is currently, you can see his 45 future value, 60 hit, 40 power, 60 speed, 60 field. Like, you give me three 60s, 60 speed, 60 field, 60 power, or uh, 60 hit, 60 field, 60 speed. Yeah, I'll take that and see if they can get any more power all day long, twice on Sunday. And, well, you know, he is a little older, 22, playing in double A. He's not a 20-year-old, right, like Jefferson Cuero. But he's running a 15% walk rate, a 16% strikeout rate, which is both dropped from high A. Uh, The power isn't exactly there. The BABIP is obviously extremely high. But, you know, we just talked about if you have speed, you're going to have points added um to those things average baby everything like that but he is just he's absolutely killing it hitting 340 in double a with a 456 on base 468 slugging a 151 wrc plus it's one of those things where it's like the astros just can't keep getting away with this i know man like and he's five nine like what what he's hey 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 seven home runs I mean, that's not, let's be honest. Like, if you were to bet on that, like, hey, someone that's 5'9", and they're going to hit seven home runs in how many games? It's all about, it's all about swinging hard. Like, that's just, I know, but it's not, it's not something that usually happens. And it's crazy because this dude, I don't know. Like, I've heard a lot about this guy. Like, people send me his name all the time, but anytime I see anything Astros, I personally try and like not even look into it because I don't want to get excited about a player because I I know the the non tangible like the you know the non stat game like people anything Astros right now people just it's aren't they're not selling very well 
Um, yep. But who knows? That could be this guy could be the turning point to all that since it's the new wave of Astros coming in. It's true. Yeah, I, uh, I, uh, I mean, it, it's just it's impressive. It's impressive what they do, both the pitching and the hitting side. Like a lot of teams, you know, it's one or the other. Mm-hmm. They're good at developing hitting or they're good at developing pitching. Um, for a while, the Brewers were good at developing pitching. They haven't had a pitcher call up in a while that has been successful. Aaron Ashby was kind of successful and then it's just been injured. Um, he's in, out for the whole year. And that's another guy out for the whole year. Aaron Ashby out for the while. Wade Miley out for a while. Brandon Woodruff. So whatever. Um, <clears throat> but the Brewers haven't really developed a pitcher in a little bit. Obviously, we've got some young, interesting kids in the lower minors. So I have hope there. Um, and then all of a sudden, their hitting prospects are turning it on the South Freelix and the Garrett Mitchells and the Joey Weimers and the Jackson Churios and the Jefferson Queros of the world and the Tyler Black of the world um, mm-hmm. have been incredible. So, uh, you know, it's for the Astros to do both consistently all the time. It's both impressive and very much infuriating. Yeah. Yes. Very unfortunate. Um, and then price wise for Drew Gilbert, we've got a refractor auto, I believe. Is this the one? It is. Hey, look at that. Um, so we've got a refractor auto of him, and uh, we're talking 160 bucks, 130 bucks on the last two fixed price. But then May 21st, it had three chrome refractors and six base chrome attached to it for 197. I don't know how much extra the uh three refractors and six base chrome did to that price um psa 10 going for 205 so you can see like psa 10 205 somebody willing to pop a pop one for 160 like that's pretty crazy but if you just go down to early may these same exact cards 80 bucks 73 bucks on auction uh 99 bucks on auction 57 bucks on buy it now best offer 50 bucks on buy it now best offer so like there has definitely been some movement even if 160 and 130 is high there's still been movement Mm -hmm. um in his market pretty good movement i would say doubling up tripling up in some instances so uh there is i mean people were very excited about him when we were opening uh bowman draft sapphire back a couple months ago and uh, the excitement was warranted. Yeah. That kid. He's hitting. Yeah. Um, should we move on to another uh, short guy? Yeah. I, and I, I, I can say that as a short guy. <laughs> well, uh, one thing I noticed was Matt McLean was 5'8", and I didn't know that. Dude. I guess they just say, you know, size doesn't matter. That is true. If you can hit, you can hit. You can hit, you can hit. All right, who we got here? So we got Chase Medrith. So if you have been a listener of uh, Dane Corners week by week for the last couple months, you'll have heard Chase Medrith because he was one of our prospects of the week. Jimbo said seven weeks ago. Um, so. So seven weeks ago, maybe eight weeks ago, whatever it might be, early April, late March, something like that. I have no idea. Um, Chase Medrith was our prospect of the week. And... He is now in double A. 
And he currently is supporting a 289 average, a 440 on base, a 395 slugging. Um, before that, in high A, he was supporting a 338 average, a 495 on base, and a 459 slugging. So he has been killing it. Yeah, the slugging isn't as high, 395, but if you have a 440 on base, who cares about the slugging? Uh, you could be slugging 200, and I would still take your 440 on base, right? Even if that gave me a 640 OPS. Mm-hmm. I would still take it. I'd put you at the top of the lineup. I wouldn't have you in a spot that you need to drive in runs, and I would, I would, uh, you know, get a ton out of you. So 35 future value, nothing written about him, right? <laughs> so this was like a real shot in the dark by us, but he had interesting stats, and he is backing it up. And the reason we're bringing him up today is because this is a uh, this is a um uh oh also 18% walk rate to 12% strikeout rate, 21% walk rate to 20% strikeout rate, 14% walk rate to 10%. Like he has had either the same walk rate or a better walk rate than strikeout rate every step of the way. Mm-hmm. I love that. Which means no matter the level, he has a great eye. And of course, he came from he came from, oh, it doesn't say. He was a fourth-round pick. I think he came from a small college. Wait, maybe he didn't come from a small college, but he yeah, – I'm pretty sure he did. It's funny because I I heard about this kid in the offseason only because of a Twitter account, and I wouldn't have done Twitter as much as I do now if it wasn't for you. So Twitter has been pretty cool in that aspect. Which is funny because I just got rid of my Twitter because I was wasting too much time on it. What? Yeah. I was like, you know what? I get that it's good for work, but it is such a, a time suck for my day that the the benefits are that it's not out it the, the benefits are not outweighing the negatives. So makes sense. Deleted it. Um he, he went yeah, to, he, he where went, is he he went to San Diego, uh, University of San Diego. Oh, so I mean, kind of I, school. doesn't seem. I mean, it's, it's well-known city, but I don't know if they have a baseball program or not. Yeah, it's not like he played at Vanderbilt. Yeah, San Diego State's good, but I don't know about San Diego's. Okay. Um. So yeah. So Chase Medrath has been excellent, absolutely excellent, and we have prices here. Um. If I choose the right one, oh, I did. And so, Aqua Auto 199. But you can see here a couple base autos, 25 and 20, essentially May 23rd. We'll look at the we'll look at the May 23rd one because that's actually auction. Um, 20 bucks there. If you scroll down the list, back to oh, and there was one for 20 um, on May 22nd as well. If you go back to when we talked about them, say early April, end of May. And you look, ten bucks, eight bucks, ten dollars, ten dollars, fourteen or fifteen dollars for a refractor, right? Um, so eight dollars for a base. So this is one of those situations where, you know, it wasn't big money, eight dollars, um, prospect of the week. I can't believe I didn't buy any. Like I had looked at him on eBay and I was going to buy one or two just to see how it did. And then I just didn't get around to it. Now that hasn't been, that's not to say I haven't been buying cards. I have been buying cards. I just forgot about Chase Medrith because I have a terrible memory. So in one ear out the other, even if um, I'm excited about him, I forget about him. But 
You could have bought this for $8, held on to it for a month and a half, sold it for 20 Is it big money? No. It's not like you're buying a $500 card and selling it for 1000 But for those people that, you know, for a, a college kid or a high school kid or a little kid or somebody who has a family they have to pay for and a mortgage and everything, but they still like cards, you can still find guys that are interesting that even Fangraphs doesn't write anything about for mm -hmm. cheap, $8 a base auto and still make, and you know, still double up. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And I love players like this and I love getting... I love when it works so we can show like, Hey, it can work. And these are the great players. You make a list value boxes. I, I bring that up all the time, but yeah, that if you believe in a player and you do the research on them, you can flip and buy the next one buy two of the next one. Yep. It's uh, it's, it's pretty incredible. You know what you can do. And, and, and these are the type of things that you can, you know, maybe, you got a guy who you like for 50 bucks, but you can't buy him. Mm -hmm. But you have 25 bucks and you bought three Chase Midrists. Well, that 25 bucks is now turned into 50 bucks or more, 60 bucks. And now all of a sudden you sell and hey, maybe you can still buy the guy you actually wanted. Mm -hmm. Or trade. You can trade with the person. Or trade, yeah. Got to be at a show for that, but yeah. That's true. Well, generally, I guess you could trade online, but that seems a little bit, yeah, difficult and a little bit sketchy. Or, or go to the shop, a shop, local card shop. Yeah, yeah, meet in person. Yeah. All right, one last guy we want to talk about today, and uh, we saved the best for last. Save the best for last. Oh, he, Jordan he Walker! Is very excited about this one. Let's go. Oh, Jordan Walker! Now I should mention that I do like Jordan Walker. Me too. Personality wise, I like him. Um, every time I feel like I see him, he had a smile on his face. I do think he's going to be an excellent player in the big leagues. But the Cardinals rushed him at the age of 20 up to the MLB. It does say age 21 season, but he was 20 in the MLB. Um, is he still? He just turned 21 three days ago. Oh, wow. So uh, age 20 in the MLB, struggled uh, pretty mightily. And then gets to AAA and just has not been hitting very well. Now, a lot of that has to do with a, a really low BABIP, but also he's just not getting to power um, like expected. A 143, they say 140-ish is average for isolated power, and he's currently supporting a 143. For a big dude like Jordan Walker, you want to see that higher mm -hmm. um, than what it is. So, a uh, concern, um, but just... Uh, we bring him up, and do you have anything you want to say on Jordan Walker, Jimbo? No, I, I, I think uh, like the mental part of him going up and then them bringing him back down so quickly because, like when they brought him up to the big leagues, he wasn't doing horrible. I mean, twenty five K rate, twenty five percent K rate isn't the best, but it's not horrible for a twenty year old in the majors and hitting two seventy four. Like he was only up there for twenty games, um, so I feel like it's more of the the mental part that kind of he's trying to battle right now than mm -hmm. the physical game. So I don't know. I find it interesting. And, and one big thing I think also is that if you look over uh, base runs, negative 0.2, he wasn't good on the base pass offensive negative 0.1. I don't really know if I agree with that. He had a one-on-one WRC plus. So he's still 
above average by 1%. But it's that defensive number right there, negative 4.6. Clearly, he needed some work defensively. Mm -hmm. And if you need work defensively and you're only providing a league average bat, you should probably get sent down to AAA and work on some of those things. Even if the bat wasn't the worst, you know, you, you, you probably need some defensive seasoning and you don't, the Cardinals in the situation they are in, they don't want to be putting a bad defensive player out there when you got, you know, Tyler O'Neill and, and guys like that, that can slot in, in that outfield, um, Lars Newbar and, and stuff. So I, I understand it. Obviously it stinks for him. And yeah, I, I, I imagine you're right. You know, mentally, it is a struggle. Now, obviously, again, low BABIP, you know, that goes up 30 points, 40 points, 50 points to whatever you might settle in at. All of a sudden, his stats probably look a lot better Yeah, uh, than what they look right now. Um, but this is the big warning sign for people that bought Jordan Walker Blue Autos. You know, obviously, everyone needs people to buy. Like, the card market wouldn't work if there weren't people that bought at the height. Yep. Right. If we all just bought before he got called up and then nobody bought when he got called up or was doing well in spring training, the card market wouldn't work. So unfortunately you need somebody to be left holding the bag at some point. Yeah. Uh, Just the, the nature of the game. It stinks, but none of us would make money and be able to either afford other things in life or be able to afford nicer cards. Like I sold a bunch of cards and I've been buying Lord of the Rings cards. Ooh. Unexpectedly. I found them. I'm like, these are awesome. Uh, and like, I wasn't expecting to buy it, but I sold a bunch of baseball cards. I had some money sitting there and I just started buying Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones stuff. I like, and it's like been really fun. Um, and, and so that's the type of stuff that if you don't sell, you know, I wouldn't have been able to buy. Uh, but Jordan Walker's prices. So I've got his blue auto pulled up here and let me show it for you real quick. I've got his blue auto showed here. And, and for those of you listening on podcasts, we are showing off every page we talk about here. So if you want to look on YouTube and follow along with um, the shared, the shared screens, you can, Uh, but we've got Jordan Walker Bowman Chrome blue auto PSA 10. On auction, May 22nd for $3,684, which is still a very healthy price. Don't get me wrong. 10-10, March 15th, $4,950. A PSA 10, non-10-10, so auto not graded, $4,750 March 8th. Yikes. Um, December 21st, $3,451. So it's basically back. It's $200 above where it was before he got really hot. So you had people that were spending huge, oh, $5,500 on, uh, with a PSA 1010 on March 5th. But we'll look just at the March 8th one. $4,750 down to $3,684. That's a $1,000 drop and $1,066 drop. Um, it's just one of those things that I get. I get it hype you want a nice card blues are extremely nice they're some of the most sought after autos in the entire set um more sought after than greens more sought after i would say than blacks out of 75 more sought after than purples or refractors or speckles or anything it you it generally goes super fractor red orange gold blue yeah in price at least in my experience 
Um, so I understand wanting it, but you know, mm. losing losing a thousand bucks two months later is yeah. And and going back to like how you said the peak and and you know people have to buy at the peak for the car market to go like to run and all that and. This is where I get so frustrated because I get so many questions all the time. It's like, oh, this player, the last comp was this. Like, like I think that's a good price. I think it's going to keep going up. It's not like to me, it's not about the comps. It's like, okay, where is the peak in this player? Mm-hmm. Like, where, when are you buying all the different categories? Is it college bat, high school bat? Uh, what team are they on? You know, what position are they playing? How, like, are they getting called up right now? Where if I'm buying a Jordan Walker, you know, in spring training, right, like right, right when they, he gets called up saying he's going to go to the big leagues, the only way, the only reason why I would be buying it at that time is because I'm buying it thinking that I'm going to hold it for three years. It's yeah. not a good strategy to buy that where it's a quick flip. It should be noted that I don't know if those two cards were the same, yeah. right? Yeah. Like it, it's very likely and again, it's not so when I say a thousand dollar loss, it's not said person bought it for four thousand seven hundred fifty dollars and then sold it for three thousand six hundred dollars and they lost a thousand dollars. They likely still have the card. When I say you know a thousand dollar loss, it's well, if you'd have waited two months, you could have bought it for a thousand dollars cheaper, yeah, and then still hold held it for that time. So it, you know, because that is a deceptive part, is I think sometimes when they say this and people are like, Oh man, that dude was an idiot for taking a thousand dollar loss. No, he wasn't the one that sold it. Well, that that's not what I was I was yeah. getting at. I was making sure everyone's clear on that because it could have been construed that way. Gotcha. In in my mind, it's just more of like the 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 mindset if you're gonna buy it at that 550, like because there are some people that just want to do the quick flips, you know, the the people that are new to the hobby, they just want the, which does not work very well anymore. Yeah, the comps like, oh, the comps are this. It's like, okay, yeah, the comps are that a card might have just sold for that, but it's like is that does that comp even make sense at that price? I don't care if someone did buy it at that. How like is there even another person that would buy it at that price? And don't be that person if it doesn't make sense. Now, if it was, and that's why I like to compare prices to other players in the past, where I feel like with Jordan Walker, people were getting excited because they saw Julio Rodriguez mm-hmm. last year. But J-Rod struggled in the beginning of the year. Yep. Fell and in this year. Yeah. And this, but then he figured it out and then went up. So, like, there's, there's different time. I don't know. It's just be careful with comps, especially with prospecting, just because – a comp and like if a comp was at 700 and then it jumped to 2000 or something like that, then the 2000 comp probably isn't accurate. You know what I mean? So just be careful for people up. That's all I wanted to say is like, don't be one of the, the comp. Oh, the comp is this 70%. It's like, no, do do the overall picture and figure out if it's a good value because the comps and a lot of times the comps, they might not have even been paid for because we don't, we don't always know. Yeah, and there's some ways you can figure it out. Like, um, if it's on eBay, you can go to their Terapeak oh, yeah. data and look up the card. And if it shows up, it's been paid for. Uh-huh. Um, on Card Ladder, they usually give a green check mark if they know it's it's been paid for. Um, on PWCC, I'm pretty sure you can look it up on their system and it'll let you know if it's been paid for. So there's, like, ways. Yeah. But um, definitely, definitely there's sometimes where, like, you know, you just don't know. 
especially if you're just using the eBay sales tool. Just be careful. That's what I, I, at the end of the day, the reason why I bring all that up is people just, just be careful with comps and all that. Like do, do the bigger research, get the entire story, get the entire feel of it. Especially if you're spending money like that, like where it's, you know, some big bucks, like I don't want people to lose money on, on something small like that. You know what I mean? On a controllable. I agree. I agree. There's so many uncontrollables in this game where if you can control as many things as you can, it will help your odds tremendously. Yes. Yes, it will. And, and especially right now, it seems like people are spending less and less money. Um, And with that, you know, you want to, you want to make sure you're making wise investments because you don't know the next time you're going to be able to sell said card. Yeah. Um, that is all I have today, Jimbo. Uh, do you have anything else that you're curious about or want to talk about the last couple minutes? Nope. The, I think that was a good, good rundown. Um, I'm excited that we got video going cause uh, I have, we have some fun ideas about things that we want to do on this and, oh, yeah. uh, just excited. Baseball still rolling. Yeah. And, uh, both our teams doing pretty well, all things considered. I don't want so, to jinx it, but dude, the Tigers. Hey, the, the Tigers are uh, 22 and 25, only two and a half games. Twins only two games up over 500. And the Tigers only two and a half games back right now we're of sneaky. the Twins. So we're sneaky. I'm getting uh, 06 vibes from my Tigers team right now. Yeah. Hey, look at this. We went from. The, the start of the year, Jimbo saying, I have no hope, no confidence, nothing to uh, end of May, Jimbo. It's a completely new person. Dude, it is a wave, man. Being a Tigers fan, it's tough. It's the biggest wave. Um, but the, the reason why I am confident is because we're doing this a lot of the small things right. In the beginning, there was nothing. Yep. There was no – like it was just bad baseball. And, and I was like, oh, no. When you're in a terrible division, like the Brewers and the Tigers are, Brewers NL Central, Tigers AL Central, doing the small things wins you a lot of games. A because lot. these are terrible, terrible divisions. Yeah. So. Like, I don't expect, if the Brewers and Tigers make the playoffs, or whoever makes the playoffs out of the NL Central, AL Central, I expect them to get absolutely smoked. Mm-hmm. My only hope is that Woodruff is healthy, Burns is healthy, and they, like, throw shutout after shutout. Mm-hmm. Question for you. If I were to tell you that Jonathan Scope got his first RBI May 24th, oh. what would you say if I said that in the beginning of the season? And he's. I would have asked you why he's still on the team long enough to get his first RBI May 24th. And what have... if I told you that Jesse Winker stinks? That That was. That I saw that actually when I was watching uh Burns pitch yesterday, like rewatching it, I was he shocked has, when I saw this. He has no home runs, dude. Imagine not hitting a home run in Miller Park. I know a left handed hitter not hitting a home run in Miller Park. Come on, that, he's worse yeah. than he was last year. I wonder what it is. I haven't watched him enough this yeah. year, so I think. I think they'll probably let him keep going out there because he's still running like a 340 on base percentage. Um, but the moment some of our other guys are healthy, outfielder-wise, I don't think Jesse Winker has long for this team. He's but long. what's nice is Colton Wong has been terrible. Bryce Sterling has been good. So 
It's a win. Not really out anything, per se. That is true. So, um, all right. Well, we're gonna end it off there. Thank you, everyone, for watching, watching, watching today's YouTube. dinging corners, and listening. If you're on podcast, um, we appreciate you all joining in. Thank you for if you watch on YouTube. Thank you for joining to our first video. We're excited about this. Um, we'll hopefully have some interesting things down the pipeline, maybe some box breaks and stuff that we can kind of enjoy or little things. Something comes out, maybe get a blaster, open it up, check it out. I don't know. Uh, but it should be a good time. And uh, we hope you all have a good weekend. And we will talk to you next Friday. See ya.